Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Keglin. And here we go. Been December. Glad you're with us. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. And this is the Sports Spectacular. Lots to talk about. Hey, coming up in just a bit, a couple of really special guests here in December. Uh, Danny Sheridan. He is uh, the college football guru, the veteran analyst. We're going to get his thoughts on the college football game right now. And then in just a bit, we'll uh, also we'll have part two of my interview with Eric Kramer. We appreciate all the comments you guys and had on part one. Um, it's really just a treat to bring his story to you. What a story um, to attempt suicide and and uh, the things he's doing now to try to help other people when it comes to mental illness um, and uh, and depression, that kind of thing. Uh, great conversation. We'll finish up that part as well here because uh, yeah, yeah, nothing. I know, I know, nothing with the Aggies. It's just a really good story, and so we made the decision to run that, and we appreciate everyone's comments. Uh, but obviously, we're here to talk Aggies, and uh, no better person to do that than welcome back to the show, Andrew Monaco, our friend, voice of the Aggies. And he's here to uh, talk all things AM. and uh, Andrew, good to, good to see you again. Um, anything going on right there? Transfer portal, players, anything Let's happening? See. We played basketball on Sunday. We play again Saturday. No, no, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of light. Oh, you're talking new head coach? Talk about your, your interim is going to go be a DC at Syracuse? Yeah. Someone texted me after everything was going on, said it's never dull in Aggieland. Oh. And I thought at the first time, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? This is this is different, I think, from the last time. So I came in right after Kevin Sumlin was gone and Jimbo Fisher came in. But I do remember watching that bowl game and Jeff Banks being the interim in that one. This is different, I think, with interim Elijah Robinson because of the portal and because of all the transition we didn't have that and that's just six years ago everything that has happened from nil players saying that they're going to go in the portal some know their destination some don't some are going on trips to schools because there's cash involved there you're getting paid to make that visit Really different the way the landscape from the last head coaching change to this one. Now, Texas A&M also did it differently. I think we've talked earlier that all the previous head coaches were targeted. This was the open search, and you bring Mike Elko back home. So, But it, but it's just odd. You know, the Tax Act Texas Bowl comes up two days after Christmas. Not sure who's going to be playing. Not sure who's going to be in and out of the portal. Guys, we're throwing an early signing period in here as well. I mean, college football has an awful lot going on, and I'm going to say in the future has an awful lot that they're going to have to fix because everything seems to be converging in college football. Think about this. Next year at this time, there's going to be a playoff game. Five is going to be playing 12, likely on a Friday night. Those two schools and the other playoff schools will have to go through portal early signing period, preparing for a playoff, who to me, everything that has come out has unintended consequences. And the NCAA, by not addressing any of this, allowing states to run with NIL to say, okay, everybody gets a free transfer, second year is possibly a waiver, all these unintended consequences are coming up. They're going to have to deal with them. How they will, I don't know. 
And then let's just add that a week ago, Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, says, nah, you know what? We're going to put 30000 in a trust fund for everybody, just making everybody scramble except the commissioners who never got the letter that <laughs> that's what he was going to say on stage in Vegas. Uh, it's it's a fascinating time, absolutely fascinating time in, in college football. And I believe it's going to be fascinating for a while to come. Are, are we going to reach a, you know, are we going to reach a point when Texas A&M or some other school can't field a team for the bowl game? Like, I mean, literally can't safely put, you know, 11 offensive guys, 11 defensive guys out on the field. What's interesting, the answer for A&M is no because of the depth. It, it's interesting, even though everybody left, although very thin at quarterback, a uh, cornerback, excuse me, don't get me wrong. But we we got hit at the Gator Bowl a couple years ago because we were playing by the old COVID rules a year later. So did not play Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl because it was the old rule of if you were in that room and the COVID rules, everybody else in that room was taken out. So positions were taken out. And I believe AM was down to 36 players because of protocol. Uh, leading up to the Gator Bowl. And that's why we had to back out. We had players available. The old COVID protocol knocked us out of that. For some schools, depending on how many go into the portal, yeah, you might have that. You might have guys who didn't think they were going to, who, who may not have played all year, uh, have to play on a, in a bowl game. You have um, the depth will get challenged. Again, portal decision. NFL decision, uh, those types of things. And then, again, another thing for the NCAA, will bowl games count towards red shirts? Or will it be a free game where they're almost anticipating that you may have some players in this position who have to play would be game number five, but do we take that away so you don't burn a red shirt? Uh, again, it's interesting. There's enough depth at Texas A&M. And again, it's what I said earlier, Jimbo Fisher, that's that's going to be part of the legacy that we're not going to look back at until time. The talent that is here, it, there's really enough. You lo- you you miss Chase Basantis at right tackle, but you have Demetrius Crownover. You have a guy who started the last two years in Deuce Fathery who can play there. Layden Robinson, you're going to miss him if he decides not to be at, at right guard at the bowl game, but you've got Cam Dewberry there. They'll be able to absorb some of that. And you guys know also when you get into December, some of those lingering injuries of guys who are dinged can be healthy at that at that point and maybe get a chance to play when that time comes. So Coach Elko jumps into this. You know, he, he obviously knows Texas A&M, but, but he jumps into this, this kind of a, just a hurricane of activity. How's he, how's he doing? You know, I mean, how, how does, how does somebody cope with, Hey, you know, the wife's trying to find a house. We're trying to move back to town. Um, we're trying to figure out where our kids are going to go to, you know, school and get, you know, all those type of different things that go on. And Oh, by the way, you got the transfer portal, your team, while you may not be there, you know, you're in charge nominally, your team is going to a bowl game and Oh, but signing day is coming. You know, when you start mm-hmm. putting all those, how's his sanity? Yeah, busy. It's rare that we see the truck in the parking spot for Mike. He's been out. Uh, One of the things that he mentioned when he was introduced was the relationship with the Texas high school coaches, and he has been at a lot of them. I think every day he has visited at least one high school, combination of getting to know the coaches, a combination of seeing some of the talent that is there. I think because he hasn't been removed 
for so long, there is that familiarity. The, the, the kids, one of them will be at one of the high schools, but his kids for four years were going to schools in College Station. I, I always find this fascinating, welcoming them back. And when I talked to his wife, Michelle, she said, we're home. And that, I think, was a big thing. That was a big comfort factor, I think, for them, knowing this area, not just Texas A&M, but knowing Bryan College Station as well. But you're right. You talk about you're diving in. Look, he can't touch the team. He meets them, and he said, look, it's rare that you meet a new team, a quote-unquote new team, and you have 50 players come up and hug you. So there's that familiarity that he has with a lot of these players but he's not going to touch this team. He can until after the bowl game, and then he gets to put his hands on it. But you're right. A combination of are you have to talk to guys, and, and they can still go in the portal. And you're going to have to talk to guys. Um, you, you're recruiting the 85 who are on your roster. And then you have the early signing period, so you have to keep that together. Again, February would be more important than December, but you still have to keep this together. And you're seeing some of the commits decommit and go elsewhere. Well, it runs both ways because there's going to be players and coaches that he's going to bring from Duke. Colin Klein is the new OC, and there's some players coming from Kansas State, Oregon State, reaching out that that way to get some of the players. But you're right. When you start adding it in, I think there's the what do you have to do immediately? And then what's the bigger picture for all of this? But I think you have to knock down every signpost that's immediate. And then after December 27th, you can kind of exhale a little bit because early signing period's over, transfer portal's closed, you know who's coming, who's 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 coming in, stuff like that, and then you can work towards that that spring practice. But no, this is hitting the ground running, which Jimbo did six years ago, saved that first class, and then when February hit, that was when he was able to bring in Bobby Brown, who was committed to Alabama, came to Texas A&M. I have a feeling that Mike Elko is going to have to do something very similar there. Oh, and he's got to put a coaching staff together. That's the other thing that that you do. And I know I know fans want to do it immediately, but it's not a matter of doing being first or being quick. You got to get it right. Yeah, no question. I I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk somewhat about the there's a massive basketball game uh going on. Uh Texas A&M and and uh Houston who is you know, although Houston, I think, is only ranked fourth, they're undefeated. Yeah, that's and all. So, yeah. So, some people think that they might be the best. They might, they literally have a chance to run the table this year. I mean, that's what they're talking about in Houston. So, t- what what's the basketball like for at the Aggies? I, I know they've had some good wins. Yeah. They've also had a couple of tough losses. Yeah. And, and Buzz Williams did this on purpose. He, he beefed up the non conference. So, eight games in November, starting earlier than they ever w- uh, had. Six of them were on the road, including three in Orlando. And he's he's it's a neutral game uh, in Toyota Center. Uh, it's really a Houston home game. <laughs> yeah. And they are really good, undefeated. I know Arizona got almost all the first place votes. Houston got the other one. Uh, really good, the experience, what Kelvin Sampson has done there. But Buzz beefed up this because, you know what, for the last two years, this is where we all feel for Florida State. I think the committee did Texas A&M wrong. Left out two years ago and only a seven seed despite being 15 and three in the SEC last year. The second best team in the SEC had the same seat as Missouri and was seated behind Kentucky and Tennessee. Well, they kept saying beef up the non-conference and Buzz said, okay, we'll do that. He also said, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to play on the road. So I'm a big believer in play as tough a schedule as you can when you have an experienced team like Buzz has with, with players coming back. If you're a younger team, no, you got to get a little confidence in some wins, but 
This is a team, they, they're they going to accept that challenge, chance to play in Houston, to where a lot of Aggies are uh, to be there. It's a fun doubleheader, but yeah, there's certainly the challenge. Uh, and they played well, but not well enough to beat Memphis this past Sunday. Uh, but you're right, there have been some really good wins on the road at Ohio State going to SMU and then the win over Penn State and then the comeback against Iowa State. So I think it has to get you ready for the SEC, and this non-conference is certainly doing that. No question about that, Andrew. Um, you know, but I still think this is a team that um, I, I think they still stand right now um, as the team to beat uh, in the SEC. Not Kentucky, not Arkansas, not Alabama. Um, I, I think A&M is the team. And what a great job that Coach Williams has done there. Hey, as always, we could spend all day talking. We know you have better things to do. So <laughs> we appreciate your time. and Happy holidays. And we can't wait to talk to you again here in the new year. Enjoy the holidays. Thank you so much for having me again. Always a pleasure, my friends. Thank you so much. Thank you. Andrew Monaco. He's the voice of the Aggies. Again, lots happening. Uh, people need to understand this isn't a video game. You can't just click this guy, click that guy, and then it moves on. A lot of moving parts, uh, but they will get it figured out in College Station. Hey, stay with us. Uh, still to come, we will uh, wrap this up with some NFL picks and um, the deal with Brad's Raiders. Um, he's had a lot of numbers running through his head. We'll tell you why. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Fans of big sports radio and sports spectacular podcasts have a new home on the Chief Sports Network. Find your favorite programs and content all in one place by downloading the Chief Sports app in your mobile device. Created in South Carolina, the Chief Sports Network is the home of an expanding network of live and podcast format programming. It is also the home of one of the leading national college football podcasts, JC and Morgan, hosted by ESPN's Mike Morgan and 24-7 Sports, J.C. Sherbert. Download the Chief Sports app for free and find all of your favorite programming under one easy umbrella. Thanks to all of our markets for your loyal support of Big Sports Radio and our Sports Spectacular podcast, and we look forward to connecting with you anywhere in the world on the Chief Sports app. Welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. We're going to go back and continue our talk with Danny Sheridan, the ultimate sports guru. Danny has been following college football for longer than either of us care to mention. And uh, he has the insiders, great friends with a lot of the guys inside college football, so he knows what's going on. We're going to dive into some of the coaching news that's been happening. And Danny, I want to start with 
Texas A&M. We talked to you about a month ago. And the idea was when we mentioned Texas A&M, you said, there's no way. How can they do it with this buyout? It, you know, it's 78 million and and have it happen. And he's done a good job. What can you what else can you expect of somebody at Texas A&M? And lo and behold, about two weeks later, they fired uh, Jimbo Fisher, brought in Mike Elko. What happened at Texas A&M to make that happen? Well, first of all, my second losing weekend against the point spread occurred on your last show. So thank God I don't have any games to pick today. I'm I'm real superstitious <laughs> on that. I had a really good lucky year. But the answer to your question was I called some people that that know. And this is after probably a week after your show, Tony. And they told me, and I was like shocked. And first of all, I can't imagine that kind of money. But they basically said, we're tired. I made the comment. I said, you know, Jimbo's a good coach unbelievable recruiter. Hell, he beat Alabama, upset him, the first guy to do that two years ago. The year next year, he's a 23-point underdog, lost to Alabama on the last play of the game. Almost beat him this year. Alabama's the gold standard. Georgia and Alabama are the gold standards, more so Alabama. So why would you ever think about firing him? And he's really right to the point. Money, he told me, money does not matter. Okay, tell me why you think about firing him because we're tired of losing four to five games a year and we're going to pull the trigger in about a week because we don't want to lose because we think he's going to lose to LSU. And I think they beat somebody in New Mexico, somebody, you know, at home, but we, but we want to, we don't want to put a situation and this is, well, I'll tell you, he told me whether right or wrong, if he should upset LSU, we don't want to have to keep him. And that's why they made the decision. We want to get rid of him now because we're tired of losing four or five games we're not going to throw any benefits for him because he's going to get about 70 million over so many years. And that's what happened. It does it make sense. Well, I guess if your big thing in life is you don't want to lose four or five games and you have a crystal ball and know that he's going to lose four or five games throughout his career, I guess it's a good move. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fired him. I'd give him another year. Well, Danny, I, I had an interesting thought on that because you know, if you're going to fire a guy who's got a national title and maybe I'm just going to use a name, but, you know, bring in an Urban Meyer who's won multiple national titles. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm not saying that Mike Elko is not an, a fine football coach because he, he can win at Duke, which is, you know, a testament to his competence. Right. But I'm not certain that I buy into the fact that, you know, you really improved things. You get a guy who hasn't ever really played at that level and now you expect him to tangle with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and come out on top all the time that well, that seems a little crazy well I would say this Mike he tangled with uh Clemson and Florida State and Miami who are improving teams I could argue maybe Georgia Tech and maybe it's a step up but he's a damn good coach but back to what you said I would never hire Meyer he's got so much baggage and right that's another story. I'd spend 20 minutes on him, but I would never <laughs> consider someone like that. And he couldn't win anywhere unless he inherited a good team, which is what he's always done in his four jobs and improve that team and inherited a great team. Um, Elko's a good hire. And again, if your mentality is, Hey, I'm a billionaire and I'm tired of getting my beat four or five times a year. We want to be 12 and Oh, 11 and one, no worse than 10 and two. So we're going to pull the trigger. I said, well, how do you know that's not going to happen? Well, we just, it hadn't happened so far. I said, but there are a lot of great recruits in place and you have, and you have a unlimited, you have an unlimited budget, which I might add, you'll exceed in this portal and you can buy players and he's a good, co we've had enough. Okay. Hey, 
hey, the good, like he said, you don't have to, don't feel sorry for Jimbo. You're not going to have to, th- I personally think he's a good guy and a good coach, but like the guy said, don't feel sorry for him. We're not going to have to throw any benefits. We're going to throw about <laughs> 70 something million dollars. I wish somebody had fired me for that. I wish Tony had fired me and paid me maybe 1 million. I'd have been happy. Well, Jimbo, I reached, I reached out to him, but he was not willing to adopt me. So I, I tried. <laughs> good try. It's worth a try. Where's he could tell you is no. You want to talk about Harbaugh or am I ahead of myself? Yeah, let's let's dive into Jim Harbaugh a little bit. You know, there's been rumors about him getting an extension at Michigan. There's thoughts he might leave for the pros. You know, he's, he was suspended for half the Michigan season this year for a couple of different reasons. You know, the latest being the, you know, the sign stealing scandal. Is Jim Harbaugh going to remain a college football coach or is his next move the NFL? Well, first of all, let me go back. They would give him an extension in a New York heartbeat. He's a very good recruiter. He's really elevated the program. I said, I think I tweeted in August, Tony, he's definitely gone. If, big if, not a hedge, but an if, if he gets a pro job. Why? Because, number one, this is best team. I don't care if he wins the national championship or if he loses the first round. He's history if he gets a pro offer. And you could say, well, he's tired of the NCAA. Well, sure he is. But that's not the reason. He wants to coach in the pro. And the main reason, I can't tell you my sources, the main reason is, look at his team. This is a hell of a football team. A lot of all pro, a lot of potential pro athletes. Next year, it's a rebuilding year. And he's not going to want, he's not going to, he's leaving when the, he's leaving the cupboard bare. It's not his fault. And he's got a good assistant, several good assistants. They might take over, but hell, I wouldn't want to take over because now Ohio State's going to kick your ass unless you have some unbelievable recruiting in the portal. But that's the main reason, two reasons. Most importantly, he's not going to suffer losing Ohio State. He's quitting at a great time, and he wants to coach in the pros. And again, look at the schedule. I think, I don't know the starting 22, but hell, I bet most of them are seniors. And that if they're not seniors and they're juniors, they're going to turn pro. And I don't fault him for that. They hired him to build a program, took a little bit longer than they like. He's now, they now have a better program than Ohio State, but that's going to change next year, whether he's a coach or not. His agent has been putting out feelers to pro teams. And remember, he didn't contact the pro teams. You know how that goes. I never spoke to Tony. Oh, really? Just my agent. Anyway, they've been putting out feelers and he's got, you know, two or three pro teams in mind. And if they offer him a job, He's going to leave like you and I would leave if we hit the billion-dollar lottery. You know, it, when that happens, do they? does Michigan do what Michigan does, try to go internally? Or, you know, I mean, I would think they could get the pick of the litter across the country. What What do you think they would do if you That's were in That's a great the- question. I, Harbaugh would want them to – I can't think sure. I can't think of the gentleman's name, the offensive or defensive coordinator that coached the last three games – He's very articulate. He's a very good recruiter. He would probably get, I would think he would get the job, but yeah, you're going to have a faction that says, Hey, he's great. Let's bring in another coach. And then you get in the situation where we bring another coach. He may fire all the assistants. It's not going to be pretty. I would think the simplest, easiest transition would be to elevate the gentleman who was the head coach, uh, Against Ohio State, did a nice job. Did a nice job. It's not fun. You need to have your head coach there. And again, he's a very good recruiter, a very good coach. Give him a nice five-year salary. And if they get mad with him and he doesn't win, and I don't say 
Bear Bryant and Newt Rockney couldn't win next year if they're losing everybody. I think they're losing. And then if they decide to get rid of him, hell, he's, re- you know, he's got, he hadn't got Jimbo Fisher money, but he's in good shape. And he may fool everybody wrong and get the transfer portal like Michigan State did a few years ago to beat Michigan and get that great running back, which got that coach a $90 million, got a $90 million contract and he got fired for something else. But that's another story. He's gone. Trust me. Not, not even remotely close. Doesn't matter what the pros offer him. If he gets offered the job by the Raiders or hell, you know, the teams are two or three out there. I can't think of. Yeah. We keep thinking the Chicago bears with the yep, fact they've got the, one. the first pick and they might even have as, you know, the fifth or sixth pick to, to party, you know, put together. And of course he's a former quarterback up there. No, they will. And, and I would think he would be a natural fit fit. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, you don't have to be smart. I've just, what you just said, my God, I get, two first round picks in the top six, seven, or eight, 10. I mean, that's wonderful. And it's not like Chicago's got this terrible team. They have some really talented players. They're just not as good as they should be. And yeah, if he stays, I mean, you talk about a major upset. The only way he stays is if for whatever reason, if the Bears, the Raiders, and there's one more team, Mike, I can't remember his agent contacted, but if they say, no, we're not interested. Yeah, then, okay, then he'll stay. Begrudgingly, we'll stay. Yeah. Danny, last question before we let you go. Were you shocked that Chip Kelly was retained at UCLA? No, I think he's done, you know, he hasn't done well there, but got a good young quarterback. And uh, no, I'm not shocked about that at all. It didn't surprise me. And you can always fire him next year if you decide. And before I forget, handicapping these games, Tony, the opt opt out where they opt out, it's just brutal. Like here, I thought Ohio State going to make their plan. I forget who the hell they're playing, but I can't remember. But all of a sudden, Ohio State, you know, the quarterback is gone. Last year, which which helped me as a handicapper, I was going to pick Kansas State because I was sure Bryce Young and Will Anderson, they're going to leave. Number one draft choice, number three, they stayed. Well, that told me they're going to beat the hell out of Kansas State. And But this is just – this opt-out ought to be against the rules. But then again, the NCAA has caused all these problems by not dealing with the NIL, and that's why they get sued and they wouldn't step in. But opt-out is really a problem, not just for me. Forget me. It's a problem for the fans, the alumni, the coaches, the schools, and it's not right. You get a scholarship and you're going to opt-out for one game. Well, they're, they're Ohio State's playing Missouri down here in Dallas right. in the Cotton Bowl. And it really almost comes to the point where you have to be uh, an Ohio State, practically a booster with all the guys who are transferring and then going to the the pros. It's almost like a JV game to see the next year's team, how they're going to look. Maybe it's not not fair. And like Florida State, they're playing uh, uh, Georgia. And the question is a handicapper. If I'm Florida State, I'm going to play my butt off and I'm going to show the committee. But if I'm Georgia, I might, you could do the other side. Hey, I'm pissed off that I'm number five. I want to show them they made a mistake. But I personally think the edge goes to Florida State, the emotional edge. And back to what you said, it's just, I mean, it's not fair. I'd say you, you have to pay your scholarship back if you opt out. That's what I do for starters. I'm sure somebody would let them sue you. By the time the suit comes to K, they'll still have to pay you, pay you with interest. <laughs> no jury would die. That's a fair thing. You have no right. I mean, excuse me. You certainly have a right. It's America, but it's just not morally right. And I wish it were legally right. Nothing against the players. It's just not fair. I mean, these schools spend a ton of money. Now there's NIL, all the money you make, and you could go on and on. Not, forget the scholarship. Scholarships are a drop in the bucket compared to this NIL money. 
I wish they only had NIL money when I was on CNN for people on <laughs> CNN that are lucky handicappers. I give it all to Nick Charles. Yeah. <laughs> or Bill, Fred Hickman. Bill McFell would have paid you handsomely for that. Danny has always loved the conversation, loved the insight, loved the talk. Wish you and your family a happy Hanukkah. Happy, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Have a wonderful new year. We will definitely be in touch. Uh, when the calendar turns to 2024. All right. Same with you and Mike and uh, Larry. Missed him and uh, look forward to the next year. And it's really going to be interesting. I can't wait till they decide. Maybe they already have this 12-team playoff, but I have other things to worry about. Take care. Be well. Have Merry Christmas to both, all three of you. Thanks, Danny. Take care, Danny. Appreciate it. There's more coming on the show. We will be back right after a brief timeout. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network. Welcome back. We want to say thanks for all of the comments after we aired part one of our Eric Kramer interview last week. We really feel his message is an important one, and your response proved that to be true. We want to emphasize that help is available for anyone having a mental health crisis or is considering suicide. That 24-hour hotline is 988. Please give them a call and get help from a professional. Eric didn't have that number back in 2015. A series of crushing life events that sent this former 10-year NFL quarterback who had accomplished so much to the brink. Eric wrote out several goodbyes on that night, put a loaded gun under his chin, and pulled the trigger. He stands today as literally a one in a million as he survived that suicide attempt. After several surgeries and therapy, he has written a book, The Ultimate Comeback, Surviving a Suicide Attempt, Conquering Depression, and Living with a Purpose. And you can find that on Amazon. Eric and I first met at a Super Bowl party in Houston back in 2004 when I was a sports anchor for CNN, and we kept in touch for several years. And while it's you know, been cool to reunite with him, the greater joy, honestly, is to be able to share his story with others. You may know someone who needs to hear this, and we hope this can help someone pull themselves out of a dark place or keep them from falling there in the first place. As we continue with the conversation, Eric is explaining his confusion a couple of weeks after the incident 
as friends and family attempt to explain why he is in a brain trauma facility in Southern California. Here is the second part of my conversation with former Bears and Lions QB, Eric Kramer. Like, I would literally say, what am I doing here? Wow. And like, is literally, and Anna, this is someone who I went to high school with. She was doing a lot of the looking in after me. Okay. And, and, uh, I would be telling her, why am I here? She's like, well, hasn't the doctor told you you've had a brain injury? Hmm. Uh, no, didn't at all. So she literally like came down one day, had the oversight doctor literally in the room with me uh-huh. and wanted the wanted she wanted to hear him say that I'm here because I have a brain injury okay. and me be in the room too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yet still, even after that, I did not know why I was there. That's how your brain just like it went through a big deal that day or that night. And so it takes years to come back from that. Um, well, hold on there. And, and I'm sure to your point, uh, so much of this, um, again, usually when this happens, you don't come on the other side to talk about it. You don't know the brain. I mean, how would you know? How would any of us know? Right. Um, it, it's incredible. Well, I, I want to get to the book. At what point did you decide um, as you and I have talked before we began this, that I first saw a story, uh, there were other stories written that I had not seen. Um, yeah. I just happened to see an article September of 2022, and that began me reaching out to you, um, you know, on social media. And, and you know, we had had each other's cell phone numbers, had had lost them over time. Um, at what point did you decide to write the book and, and talk about that process in terms of um, the purpose of trying to get your story out there? It really wasn't me that decided it. Um... Uh, so, um, a friend of mine from the Lions who was, he just retired last year named Bill Keenis. Bill Keenis was a long time media relations director for the Lions. Even when I was there, he had come on maybe three or four years before I got there. And so Bill had reached out to, uh, his friend, um, uh, Dan Wetzel with Yahoo Sports. And so Dan Wetzel writes an article, a very generic one. But he mentioned Anna in there. Anna has some quotes and whatever. So a writer named Bill Croyle gets a hold of Anna and says, hey, do you think Eric would even think about collaborating on a book together? And Anna, you know, tells me about it. And she's like, he was very nice, very, you know, no pushy in any way. And it literally took me a while to call him because I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of doing this, I don't, you know, I was, uh, I don't know. I, it was more than I had ever, it, it's something I never even thought about doing. Yeah, yeah. And and so, you know, we started talking over the phone. He doesn't live here. He lives back on the in the eastern time zone, back in kind of in Kentucky, but across the river from Cincinnati, I think. So, um, uh, in any event, um, so we started talking and eventually decided, okay, I think we could do this. And, uh, and so that's kind of how it came about. And then it kind of took on a life of its own. And, um, 
and I've had I've had friends now uh, call me up and say that have known me for years, like 30, 40 years that we've communicated with. And I've told him stuff about me and his life to, you know, vice versa. He's like, I didn't know half the stuff I was reading yeah. and in a good way. And uh, and so it's just uh, it's it, it's really had a good response in terms of it's got a little bit of something for everybody in there. There's yeah. some football stuff. There's the relationship I had growing up with my parents. A little bit of that. There's some Dylan Griffin, who obviously um, had his struggles in life. And but it's also got the adult version of all that, too. And, um, you know, as everybody's life kind of takes place over time so too did mine and has and uh so it's just um um i think it, it's a good life book mm-hmm. that when you read it there's a lot of stuff in there that's probably applicable to most people's lives yeah. i would say yeah so th- uh, go ahead oh, wait, i'm sorry no no i'm done yeah no i, I was gonna say that i think that's um Again, with me, the, the quick skim and, and the things I've kind of read and, and again, learning a little bit about what happened to you before, um, that was what I, I took away is that this is um, there's, you know, there's there's a carrot there for football fans. Um, yeah. But I think there's so much more. And to your point, so I think that's the thing. And and we're close in age. You're a few years ahead of me, but we're mm-hmm. we're fairly close. And I think that the older you get. Um, it's like the, the church hymn. We understand it by and, you know, understand it by and by. Right. You know? Um, and I, I think that's what I took from this is in terms of, um, there's something here that I think you're going to be as busy as you want to be, uh, with interview requests, with book signings, with speeches, because I think there's something here because you do have, um, a perspective that literally very few people here on this earth have. And mm-hmm. and and you have a very eloquent way of being honest about that and saying, you know, you're not, you know, pointing fingers saying, hey, listen, this is what really happened. Um, how has this been for you in terms of the the therapy? I mean, I want to ask about physical therapy too, but emotional therapy, spiritual therapy. Yeah. How has this process um, allowed you to evolve? It's a great question. I think it's really helped um, because it's it's helped. It's allowed me really to go back and talk through and and get things down that uh, give some shape and some some um, structure and some sense to life and my life and those around me. And, you know, we've all got one. And, and so, you know, a lot of people would think, wow, here you've gone from uh, high school to college to pro. How could you be depressed? Well, read this book. That's how. And (laughs) and um, but yet there's also, uh, you know, people that know people that are close to them that have anxiety or panic attacks or depression and don't know what to do or say. Mm -hmm. Well, there's stuff in there, too. And I'll bet you I'm I'm probably not the only person who's had um, kind of growing up issues with their parents. I pretty much guarantee that one. Yeah. yeah. And yet there's a there's a way, there's a, a, a different perspective I have later in life than I had when I was 16, 17. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I think um and there's there's real people 
you know, in this book and real things that do happen to those real people, me included. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I think, like I said, I think there's some, uh, there's a fair amount of, of humor in it. Uh, it's not um, terribly dark and depressing. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's sort of, as they say in life, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but you're exactly right. Um, we all have stuff. I don't care who you are, what you do, what color you are, where you live, much money you got. Mm -hmm. We all have stuff. Uh, it doesn't right. matter what your situation is. And I think you, you, you put that in a, in a very positive way. Um, physical therapy. I look at you and if I didn't know your story, I wouldn't think that anything had, had happened. How long did that process take? Because I know there was some reconstructive stuff yeah. that you had to do. Yeah. Uh, the doctors were fantastic. You're just as handsome now as you were 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything you see here, I, I wasn't necessarily born with. So, okay. Um, okay. but like I, I had, uh, you know, if you just get football wise, I had to retire because of a couple neck injuries. Sure. And one I had ended up having surgery for, which basically ended it. And but I've had now two hips replaced, a knee replaced, and um, and all various other. I probably had 16, 17 surgeries, and that's not counting whatever resulted from my suicide attempt. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this what you see here, like this this part of my skull is not mine. Um, uh, and the upper part, yeah. The upper part, correct. And so I'm I can't tell you how thankful I am to these ridiculous genius doctors. I mean, crazy. So you talk about not supposed to be here. Anna took me to a doctor's appointment one time that the, the the surgeon, that surgeon was there that night. And sitting the night, in the, when, you, the night when you came in. Yes. First, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm now this is several months later. Sure. And I'm sitting in his patient room, right? Anna's in there with me. And he's leaning up against the wall and he's asking me questions. And I'm he's over here and I'm talking this way. And I look up and it's like his jaws on the ground. I'm like, did I say something right? He uh wrong. He says, Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He goes, it's just that uh, people that were in your condition aren't usually here telling me about it later. Yeah. And I guess my like that night, my brain swelled up and they had to close me up uh, and not complete the surgery that night. Wow. OK, so. Uh, so yeah, you're you're right. There are plenty of people that you're going to have this interview with. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very happy to be here, yeah, and very happy to be telling this story. And I do think that there's a lot of um, a lot of people I think that are going to, you know, identify with this because this is not some you know my life is so great, you know, you couldn't possibly attain this. It's right. not that at all. It, as long as every guy. Yeah. And and so I'm a you know family person grew up here locally and uh, so it, there's not a lot of I guess not, there's not a lot of fluff to it I should say yeah, yeah. no I I didn't think that at all it's a very fast read uh, I would suggest anybody who who gets it just sit down with a with a good cup of coffee beverage and before you know it um, you'll be through it I, I do you've given us a lot of time and I appreciate that I do want to get one more question out of the way 
what's what's next for for Eric Kramer? I'm glad you asked that. So I've got a couple projects I'm working on. Um, one is a mental health program for kids and families. That uh, so I'll quickly say this. So at it's going to start out as an after school program for fourth and fifth graders and then for sixth graders and two different ones a middle school after school program one's an elementary one and picture at that age so you're 10 11 12 and mostly in life okay most of life has been good for you up until this point and so we want to help you as a 10th 11th 10, 11, 12 year old, I help you identify what it is in people, characteristics, I mean, that you would like to be yourself, that you would like to have as a part of you. Okay. Meaning on the positive side, you know, you want to be what a good friend would be, meaning you want to have your friends back or you'd want to step in. You'd want to be a good listener, an active listener, an empathetic one. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't want to isolate somebody away from your friends right so you're going to want to do things that so the idea is that um you you want to learn how to act those out mm-hmm. when the you know you want to we, we'll create scenes that where that does happen right okay and uh then we want to help you create how do you approach somebody like that to let them know I'm building a home team of people just like you that in my life I can go to when things are good and when things might not be so good. Right. And these people could be a parent, a teacher, a coach, um, someone slightly older than yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, the idea of mentors, of someone slightly older, the feeling that gives them to be looked up to mm-hmm. and and to give them somebody to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you could, over time, build that into, you know, through the schools, uh, you know, because we'll get into the schools too. Mm-hmm. And over time, by the time you start out at 10, by the time you graduate high school, you've been doing this now for eight years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a good chunk of your life has been dedicated to when you've got issues, good or bad, you've got a group that you can go to. Actually, you'll have a group that will reach out to you too. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and parents have their own way of getting involved um, and setting goals for themselves, as do your siblings. And so it's a really good program. So that's one thing. And then another is a passing camp. Um, we're going to start out as just passing in the beginning. Um, but I've talked to some fellow former players like me. They don't have to be pros, could be college, but they have they, it, a good thing is for them to be passionate about teaching what they know. Okay. And, and so we'll have a sponsored camp that will make a video series. And then that video series will be the basis of some mini camps for high school coaches and players, actually the ones that are on their own teams. Okay. And so by the time they get around to having that uh, mini camp on the website, will already be all this video. 
Okay. And it'll, the playbook will be on there. There's a 3D playbook we'll have. So it, it's going to be a really good experience for the people who not only participate in it to be in that video series part, but also who ends up coming to these mini camps. So it's a uh, very, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm kind of in the stages these last three or four years of kind of putting all this together. And we're kind of right on the cusp from making turning both of these things into a reality i i can tell how important this is to you your face lights up when when you're talking about this not that it doesn't otherwise but even more so um once again the book is called the ultimate comeback surviving a suicide attempt conquering depression and living with a purpose um eric tell people where where they can go get this book thank you it's you can find it on amazon and uh it's um yeah, that's the. It came out like you said earlier in November, and um, uh, it's it's going really well so far. Thank Good. you. Good. Well, um, hopefully more people hear this. We will do our part to get the word out to as many people as possible because I get, again, we all have stuff and uh, we all need to hear uh, from someone who has conquered that, as you say. And it's a very fast read. Eric, um, time has gone by way too fast. I could talk to you for hours, but I don't want to keep you. Um, I, I hope we can keep in touch and uh, we wish you the very best. Anything we can do on our end to help you with this, uh, you know I'm just a phone call away. I really appreciate that. This has been great so far. And Larry, I really appreciate the time and attention you've given this this book in particular and getting back in touch has been awesome. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we're we, we will... We will renew our our connection via text message, whatever, and and maybe a golf or lunch is down the future. Eric, thanks so much. Very good. I love it. Thanks, Larry. Right. Take care. Thank you. Eric Kramer, once again, he's the former NFL quarterback, 10 years in the NFL, but again, more importantly, the legacy he is um, leaving and about to leave um, far exceeds anything that he did on the football field. The Ultimate Comeback, Surviving a Suicide Attempt, Conquering Depression, and Living with a Purpose. It's a book that's out right now. You can find it on Amazon. And for everyone listening to this, we certainly appreciate your time. Stay with us. We'll continue after a timeout. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. One more NFL uh, thing from last week, Brad. Your 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 Raiders. You've been mumbling numbers here since we sat down to start doing this. Yeah, the the lowest scoring game in indoor football history in the NFL. Three to zero, the Raiders lose to the Vikings on a last second field goal. Now, the other games, when you look at old games, or three and zero, it was like 
they didn't even throw the ball forward. They, was, they didn't even have a forward pass. And it was usually in like inclement weather. This is indoors in a dome and you don't score against the Vikings. We're fine, but oh my gosh, it's just terrible. Lowest tied for the lowest scoring game in NFL history at three to nothing. And uh, yeah, so th- there you go. It's, I mean, I don't even want Mike, don't even say anything. I, I feel compelled to say something. Um, the interesting I'm thing sure was, you, do. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the interesting thing was, is, is, you know, you have had a game end up zero to zero. Of course, that was November 7th, 1943. So they avoided that. But, you know, what I have to say, I mean, look, if you're the Los, Los Angeles or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders defensive coordinator, there's just some games when you can't allow a field goal. <laughs> Just got to do a better job. A single field goal. You just have to play better. You know, we start talking about this. I thought about, like, didn't the Chicago Cardinals play in the old Chicago Stadium like 100 years ago? Like, they actually, at one point, did have some pro football games, like, in a basketball hockey arena, I think. Yeah. I, could have well, I don't know, but they they obviously scored more than three points <laughs> combined in those games. Pretty bad. It's all right. Uh, well, college football now done on Saturday. So the NFL takes over the rest of the way. Um, big game on Saturday in, in the pros. Kind of fun. We've got some teams, you know, several teams still in the mix and need to get some wins and to try to make a move and get in the postseason. Yeah, there are some good games. I mean, I mean this is we're, we're in crunch time now. And, and the weird part about it is usually it's like, uh, you know, like teams, some teams have separated. When you look at this NFL playoff picture, there's like, Almost every team is still alive, except obviously Carolina. But the rest of them are, are almost in the in the hunt. They've got like five wins or four wins. Like, well, if you win out, you got a chance. And so, you know, I guess it keeps fans' interest uh, as we go down here. But I, so one game. Let's talk. Let's pick one game. And um, how about Minnesota at Cincinnati? I'm going to go with the Bengals. They got the hot QB, and and it's I can't think Minnesota if they only score three points, they're probably losing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Minnesota's separating like when the meringue gets all separated and the juice comes out of it. I think that's what's happening to uh Minnesota, you know, we, to put put it into a pie analogy. Um but I do think that Cincinnati is the favorite here um because Minnesota could only score 3 against the Raiders. Good lord. <laughs> that's all you can do against the Raiders. You're not going to win next week. Mike, it, Mike, it is amazing how Mike can turn anything into a food analogy, isn't it? It is just. It is. I've never. Or, or he can slam my Raiders when his Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in about as long. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, 1983 versus 1995. And Both how, are a long time ago. How about the Bengals, the hot quarterback, and his name isn't Joe Burrow? I mean, how about that? Oh, Jake Browning. How about that dude? Yeah. By the way, very so, cool. That that, we have, that Burrow gave Browning his suite. So last yeah, game, that was awesome. But that was really cool. That was classic. Is is there like a quarterback controversy in Cincinnati, or or is he going to become the next like Jimmy Garoppolo, where they trade him and he you know goes on? He played well for I don't know fifty million does, reasons. There's no co- quarterback controversy in in Cincy. Well, I, I know. Does his mom make his favorite meal for him before the game? Well, but here's the thing: aren't there some teams that could use Jake Browning right now? Seriously, the Vikings I mean, are one of them. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, how about the Broncos and Lions? I mean, the Lions, we know. By the way, they did lose the Bears, though. That's got to really sting and cause a, a limp all week um, up in Detroit. But the Broncos, weren't they 0-3 and getting, like, setting records for how bad they were? Like, gave up, like, 70 points to Miami in week two or something? But but they've, they've righted the ship. 
They have. And, and you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this this uh, Peyton guy can coach a little bit. Um, I think he might be okay. And so, uh, you know, they won what? Seven of eight? Something like that? Yeah. Um, six of seven? Whatever it is. Six of seven. They're right in the playoff hunt now. And now they've got a game against, you know, this is a game against the Detroit team that started out so hot and it's now kind of struggling. And they got New England and they got the Chargers without Justin Herbert. And then they go to Las Vegas and Las Vegas doesn't score. So um, they they have a great chance to run the table. Yeah, I, I actually feel like this this Denver team has turned things around 100%. I'm not certain I've ever been so wrong about a coach. I thought, you know, it would take some time and with Russell Wilson in the way and his salary, but I was wrong. Way to go, Mr. Payton. Yeah. Nice triple header, by the way. Vikings, Bengals, one o'clock Eastern. Steelers, Colts, uh, the four thirty game, and then nighttime Broncos, Lions. Uh, not just not just only on uh, Sunday, but also now Saturday. You can make uh, the uh, loved ones in your in your life really mad because you're going to spend all day twice. No uh, football. <laughs> no question about that. All right, hey guys, that's uh, all the time we have. As always, the time goes way too fast. We appreciate everyone who came by the show. Uh, Danny Sheridan, uh, Eric Kramer, and of course you. We will uh, do it again, same time, this place, next week here at the holidays. Uh, for Mike and Brad, I'm Larry. We'll see you. Enjoy the games. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular.